Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast, where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. Welcome to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast. And today, our performance conversation is with our very special guest, Jordan Gross. Jordan Gross is an executive coach at Cloud9 Living. He's a two-time author and a three-time founder. He's also a TEDx speaker, which I'm going to cast out to the universe. That is a mission of mine. In <laughs> so maybe you can teach I can help that. you with that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so um, Jordan, Welcome to the episode. You're joining us from New York. Welcome. Yes, I am. Marlo, thank you so much for that kind introduction. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I'm just so grateful, so happy to be here. And I do want to shout out Mario Parecki because he connected us and that was amazing because now we get to have a great conversation. So thank you, Mario. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Mario. And we're Mario lovers and uh, launching a podcast company has uh, that came into our life and changed it in May. And um, so, yeah, that's who's hosting this with us. So it's <laughs> one big family affair that we have going yep, on. It is. It is. <laughs> okay. So Jordan, talk to us. I mean, how did you... Yeah do executive coaching. What is Cloud9 Living? And I'll let you take it over. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, we got to backtrack a little bit to get to where I am now, but basically Marlo, so I'm, I'm 24 years old and for a long, long time, I was somebody who was by the book going through the motions. And even back in middle school and high school, I was you know, a student athlete and I got good grades and I was very good at sports and I used that to get into a good college and then when I got to college, I studied economics and the people around me told me study finance and I studied that. And then they said, yeah, finance internships. So I did the investment banking and the consulting route, all with this overall mission of having this stable, steady life that was really based off of um, monetary stability, which when I look back and, and think about myself now, that's never really what it's been about, right? So it was after my my senior year of college, I went to a master's program in Chicago. And during that year, I started to do a little bit of exploring about what I wanted to do next. And I kept hearing this word passion in different podcasts that I was listening to, books that I was reading. And I decided to start thinking about what my passion was, what lights me up, right? What draws me in a little bit more. And I found that it was actually the food and restaurant industry. But there we go again, Marlo, I sort of went back into stability and what other people and society expected me to do, a kid coming out of a prestigious master's program, I actually took this corporate job at the biggest, um, most well-known private restaurant group in all of the United States. So I was 23 years old coming in as a, a in a leadership role. And uh, it only took me four months to realize that this is so not what I'm about. I was feeding the rich when I'm meant to feed the poor. I was not making an impact on anybody's life in a, in a positive way, how I wanted to. So I quit that job and then I said, what the heck is next? So I based what was next off of values rather than exact things, right? Because I think the exact thing led me down the wrong path to start. 
Um, so I based it off of the values of I had to do something that was adding value to other people without me expecting anything in return. I had to do something that was in building and maintaining relationships. You mentioned before the chat that I'm a people person. You could tell, and that's exactly right. I love, love, love people. And then the last thing that I wanted to do was I needed to build and grow something from the ground up. So I wrote my first book that was called Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness. And for the last year and a half, I've been experimenting with how to turn that into a business. So I did speaking. That's where the TEDx talk came in. I did one-on-one coaching. That's where the executive coaching comes in. I've been doing a lot of podcasts. I've been writing on Medium. Um, And now I have sort of rebranded. And the first book is all about positivity and waking up and overcoming stress and anxiety when the alarm clock goes off. But now what Cloud9 Living is all about is sort of more like my journey. It's about this discovery process of how I've been able to find something that's more fulfilling to me, more meaningful, and and way more aligned with what I believe my purpose is. So that's what Cloud9 Living is all about. And then there are a lot of components of it as I build and grow this brand. So I apologize for the long-windedness, but uh, it takes me a while to figure out how I got to where I am. Oh, it's super eloquent, though. I mean, Jordan, just the way that you speak it. I mean, 24 years old, right? And I'm just enamored that 365 days ago, last year, (laughs) okay, you said I was chasing the passion of the food and restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. And you were able to be bold enough and brave enough and really aware enough to say, you know what, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm feeding the rich and I need to be feeding the poor. Yeah. Take us there for a minute because that really um, mm. hit with me. What? How did you know that? Yeah, so I'll tell you a story about when I was seven years old. It's one of my earliest memories, honestly. I was living in Dix Hills, Long Island in New York with my family and had a great group of friends and it was September 20th, 2001. And that was nine days after 9-11. Said, hey, dad, I want to I wanna do a lemonade stand. But it wasn't just an ordinary lemonade stand. It was a lemonade stand where, with my friends, the proceeds that we would make for the lemonade stand would go to the families who I saw their kids sat in my classes, in my classroom at that time. So from a very young age, from, for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to do something and, and make an impact that was going to benefit other people. And I, I don't know the exact place that that is from, but I think it's from my parents. I think it's from my community. I think it's from my friends, my friends' community. And that's kind of just really gone along with me um, throughout my entire life. And when I was, I was right here in New York City is where I'm at now. I was on Park Avenue at this restaurant group feeding literally these very, very wealthy businessmen and women who were coming in for lunch and disrespecting the servers and and just having conversations you didn't want to hear. And uh, it it only took me four months, and I I honestly wish it was quicker to realize that, this hey, this is not who I'm supposed to be. This is not what I'm driven by by, you know, I was, I I took the position now that I realized it because there was prestige, you know, I wanted to be a young leader and that's what I got. And, you know, I was told it was the Goldman Sachs of the restaurant world and that attracted me to it. But, um, I'm just so glad that I realized that that's not who I am. And now I'm, I'm living more according to that seven-year-old kid who I, who I was and know that I should be. And it's super powerful. So the one word that just resonates for me as I'm getting Mm -hmm. to know you here on this podcast, Jordan, and as our audience is listening, genuine. 
Like mm-hmm. you're one of the most genuine people that I've come across in a very, very so long much time. To me. Thank I mean, you so seriously. much. It, it just, it's the tone, but your communication of, you know, mm-hmm. number one, writing a book about positivity. And then number two is like fulfillment, like yes, and positive, fulfilling, you know, all yeah. of these things make My you favorite words. are, right, Chard? Yeah. Okay. So what's the backside? Like, what are mom and dad like? Like how <laughs> is your environment um, that built this? Yeah. Mom and dad are super normal. Um, (laughs) Mom has been a mom since my brother was born 29 years ago and she's amazing. And the one thing I will say is that I truly believe a lot of my mindset has come subconsciously because she's been battling multiple sclerosis since I was uh, probably nine years old. So I see her every single day make the decision to power through, to be resilient, to be strong, to be there for me and my brother every single day, even though she has a debilitating disease, which, which really impacts a lot of other people um, much more negatively than it impacts her. So that's mom. And then dad is a lawyer. And uh, it's funny because my dad is very different than me. And he's been a lawyer since he got out of college, um, since he got out of law school around 35 years ago. And he's only known that path. So when I said, hey, ma, hey, dad, I want to quit this job and I don't know what's going to be next. He was actually not really that okay with that. He kind of told me to reconsider, to really think about it. But what I truly believe makes him the greatest dad out there is that the second I made the decision, even though he disagreed with me, And I told him I was going to be a writer and do all this stuff. His first question was, okay, how do we get you on the New York Times bestseller list? Mm -hmm. He immediately made that switch from trying to be the guide to being the number one supporter, the number one fan. So that's just who they've always been. And then I have one younger, uh, sorry, the older brother. Um, I'm the younger brother. And uh, he's amazing. He is, he went to Duke and he is much smarter than I am. And he went into consulting and now he's trying to go to med school and he's on that path of resilience of switching his career. So I think I've just been surrounded by these three amazing people and it's rubbed off on me in the right way, I hope. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. And, and people are listening in that support system that you describe. I mean, your mom, the story of her having MS yeah. and yeah, that yeah. the way that you've had to um, witness yeah. that, um, I think it definitely has helped you be a genuine person because it, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's fed into your humanitarian being. And yeah. that's why you can say, you know what, I went from serving the rich to feeding the poor. And, yeah. and here you are, I mean, like, this is, this is a vehicle, right? Like you're right. sharing your message and, and, um, just, I think people are, are very enlightened by this episode as they're listening. I can tell you <laughs> I hope so. because it, uh, it's just the way that you presented yourself. It's, it's okay. very, very powerful. Okay. But let's get into, so, um, yeah. two time author, right? Three yes. time founder. So talk about what are the two books you wrote? Let's get yeah. into of them and then the three-time founder what companies have you built yeah so the first book was that book i said that's about waking up and overcoming stress and anxiety it's called getting comfy your morning guide to daily happiness but it's sort of got a double meaning there comfy is actually a five-step routine that i've used to wake up in the morning and and focus on positivity and and self-help and self-care um i also do that routine before things that are stress or anxiety inducing Um, but what getting comfy also means is getting comfy with the uncomfy and it's about getting outside your comfort zone and pushing past situations by using 
the five-step routine. So that's what that book was all about. That was actually what my TEDx talk was about. And then book number two is not out yet. I say, you know, it may fool people a little bit, but a two-time author is the second book is, is The Journey to Cloud Nine, which is what I'm working on now, which focuses on moments of euphoria and momentous life occasions where the character in the book basically has two roads to go down and he chooses the path that's more traveled. Whereas what I've discovered is that when you choose the path that's less traveled, that's when the moments of true happiness, true enlightenment uh, really come. So The Journey to Cloud Nine is actually a fictional book, which uh, has self-help and personal development concepts weaved throughout it. So those are the two books we got. Okay, but you're so rich in spirit and <laughs> um, and such an old soul. And yes, I am. <laughs> that is um, just the way that you, the insight that you're bringing and saying, you know what, you've already stated the name of your book and, and yet you're still bold enough to say I'm still writing it. God bless you mm -hmm. for that. Because yeah. I, I think that's very potent because you're giving the universe like all tools necessary to rise it up, support you yes, and bring it to life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and it is helping your journey. So yeah. I respect that. Now you talk about the TEDx speaker. How did you get, yeah. um, that TEDx speech? Where yes. would you give us some insight for those listeners? Yes. I, I hope this helps you. I hope this helps listeners. And then one thing I do want to quickly rewind to is I got some amazing advice from a guy named Ori Brothman. He's a New York times bestseller. Uh, he wrote an amazing business parable. The name's escaping me right now, but I had a conversation with him and, and he told me just what you said before. It's that he said to me, you're, you're right. You're not writing a book. You have a book. Your book is out there. Your book is out there in the world. So act like it. Right. So for, if there's anybody out there who's writing a book, uh, start acting like it's already out there in the world, start marketing it, start telling people about it. You're not going to do yourself any good by hiding it. So that was just some great advice I got from him. And I've been following that for since March, I told people that I had another book coming. Well, um, I love yeah. that. Okay, so here's, I'm just going to lead on that. Yeah. I tell people that we're going to be on Good Morning America. My team and I oh, are 100%. sharing our national um, self-recognition platform. And it's, even though it hasn't happened, I've wrote yeah. about it in the book. I always yeah. talk about like, you know, when we're going to be on GMA. Yep and sharing it as though it has already happened because I believe in it. So, I love that. Um, I love that manifestation. Make it happen. Right. But, and, and just so peaceful about it because I know it's going to yeah. happen and I'm yeah. just going to let it happen on the time that it is supposed to. So I'm preparing for it. And when it does, then I know that it will, it will be. And um, so I am relating to you in that way. So I think that's beautiful. That's that power of positive um, yes. reinforcement. Like, you know what? I'm doing this and everything that we do aligns to it. And as mm -hmm. long as that is a grounding mission, then we know it will be. Oh, I love that. So yeah. let me let me get to the TEDx talk because I know we only have yeah. a couple minutes left. Yeah. Um, and I want to bring that value if I can. So Marlo, are you familiar with a book that came out pretty recently called The Third Door? Oh, yes. 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 So you're okay. Yes. So you know yes. the third door. I do. Um, I'll go through it for the listeners, but this was basically how I got my TEDx talk. So basically door number one in getting a TEDx talk would be your Oprah Winfrey and Ted comes up to you and says, Hey, Oprah, we want you to give a TEDx talk. So that's boom. You, you give the talk. That's door number one, right? Um, door number two would be a little bit different in saying that you're not Oprah, but you still have this following. You still have a social media platform. You still have books that you've written and talks that you've given. 
So you apply for the TED Talk and they're impressed and they ask you to come give the talk. That's door number two. The way that I gave a TEDx talk was by going through door number three. And I was somebody who had no name, no credibility. I just quit my job. And I just like you saying you want to be on Good Morning America, I said, I want to give a TED talk. And what I did was this. I, I used my strengths. My strengths are networking, but really more so building relationships, reaching out to people, being genuine, being curious, right? And uh, sort of creatively weaving my way into situations that I want to be in. Um, so the logistics of it are that TED Talks are usually booked, the speakers, four to six months in advance. So that was my first filter. And this was back in December of 2018. And then my second filter was I'm in New York and I don't really want to travel anywhere too far. So I think I just put talks in New York. And I think there were maybe five left that were between April and May of 2019 and in New York. On the TEDx website, they do something really great where they put the organizer's name of the event. So I had these five names that I looked at and I went on to my handy dandy LinkedIn and I did my research. This was, this was step number one, the big step. So I researched who these people were. I researched how long the event had been given. I researched the event itself and what was the theme and who were the past speakers. And I researched if I had any common connections with these uh, hosts. I researched, you know, everything that I could. And then I crafted my message to reach out to them. And in each of the messages, I, I explained how and why I was reaching out. And then, you know, maybe three out of five, I believe, ended up answering me and sending really nice responses. And I kept the conversation going and I was trying to see where I could add value to what they were doing. So two of them actually sent me back to door number two, where they said, oh, we'd love to have you apply. And I didn't get those talks. But one woman, a teacher, her name is Sarah, up in Clinton, New York, Clinton Middle School was the TEDx event. We had this great conversation about how Getting comfy was not only this morning routine, but also a way for students to overcome a lot of the stress and anxieties that people are facing as students nowadays in, in school. So Sarah didn't send me back to door number two. She was actually so confident in the conversation that we had that she asked me to do this TED event at her, at her school. So that was how I got in. That was how I got the TEDx talk. And that was how anybody out there who doesn't necessarily have the largest platform can get their own opportunity as well. Mm, I love the way that you were able to, um, to share that experience and you made it so um, attainable. And I think because mm. people are listening to this, I think that's very powerful because you yeah. know, somebody who could look at the barriers and the obstacles, right. And go, yeah, I just, mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it. It seems impossible, but you were yeah. like, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the groundwork and I'm going to do what it yeah. takes. And you did that and you had the outcome, right? You're yeah. a TEDx speaker, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And okay. that, you're, you're exactly right because it does take a lot of groundwork and it is, it's, uh, it, maybe I was able to say it in three minutes, but it took like a good month, you know, of just doing the background research. Right. Um, so it is, it is challenging, but I, I like that you were able to realize that it is attainable because if you follow that formula and you come from a place of authenticity and, and trying to help another person and they'll be more willing to, you know, give you what you want. Okay. And that's where yeah. we're going to go back to the very beginning of this, mm -hmm. this episode when you reached, you know, you shouted out to Mario and said, Hey, yeah. connected us. But you say you are 
um, doing 90 podcasts in 90 days. Yeah. So you stood in conviction, said, this is what I'm going to do, much like you did with the TEDx. And then you said, you know, I need people to rally around, support it. So mm -hmm. then Mario reaches out to me and says, hey, you're going to have Jordan Gross on your show. <laughs> and so, okay, so the barriers are quickly being taken down for you. But mm -hmm. why 90 podcasts in 90 days? What's the, what's the purpose? <laughs> I'm very symbolic and thematic, Marlo. And cloud nine so that number nine is very important to me right now like i wake up at 5 39 i do like nine nine reps in the gym um just so i'm fully fully surrounding myself with that number and at the time i was listening to grant cardone's 10x audiobook so i was thinking nine nine podcasts 90 day what's nine times 10 90 oh i'm gonna do 90 podcasts in how long Oh, let's just be really ambitious and do 90 days. Um, so that, that's, there's no real story behind that. But uh, I really just want to show with the podcast tour, I, I'm publicizing it on LinkedIn. And I want to show my community there the grit and resilience and, and determination and outreach and overcoming rejection that it takes to build momentum behind something, anything that you're doing. And that's really what my aim is with this. 90 podcasts in 90 days talking about cloud nine, um, even though most of the conversations go totally in, in different directions. Okay. Again, you are like, you're my spirit child, I think. <laughs> oh my God. So true. And I just have to jump in and share Yeah. that 1234 is my uh -huh. favorite time of the day. Okay. So okay. One, one, two, three, four. So as yeah. I've been building and, um, I don't know, the, the numbers one, two, three, four are yep. really like have really been showing up. And so whenever I like look at the clock and it's 1234, that minute is very validating to me. Mm. So whatever thought I was having, whatever, there's like something there. And so I, I allow that. that to be taken forward. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Yeah. So I put the vision together that we're gonna have 20 speaking events in 20 cities in 2020. Amazing. And I love I couldn't right love that there, anymore. Yeah, is is what my team, you know, we're working on right now because yep. I feel um, just I don't know. It's twenty twenty and twenty, so there's something yep. there too. And with the numbers one, two, three, four, like phase one and two are done. I'm in phase three mm. and four is my final legacy. And so, so cool. That's the positioning for me personally and in, in my that's faith so and cool. saying I'm only in the third layer. Okay, yeah. and I'm embracing it, and I'm there, and I've checked off one and two, but there's number four is yet to come, and I think that for me is, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, sustaining the race. Yeah. has allowed me to just know that the end is not here yet. Of course. And that phase four is still yet to come. So mm -hmm. I'm relating. So I just, I had to jump in and share that. No, story. I'm so glad you did. I'm yeah. so glad you did. Anybody else is out there and they're relating to this, jump in and get in the <laughs> yeah, please. podcast because Jordan and I want to keep that alive for you because there's yes. obviously something here. Totally. Okay. So we're kind of coming into the finish line. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what, based on your experience, I mean, you've, you've been able to, um, the one thing we really didn't get into are the, uh, the three-time founder. Can you give us just, mm. before we finish off, you know, what are the three companies that are, you know, products, ideas, whatever have you founded that make you a three-time founder? Yeah. So the three-time founder is I started a food delivery company when I was doing my master's program called Feed My Mates. Basically, you know, I was sitting with my buddies on a Sunday afternoon after maybe one too many drinks on Saturday night, and we couldn't order our food in a normal amount of time. It took us like 30 minutes to order our food. 
So the next day I was sitting in my business strategy class and we were talking about consumer choice paralysis and how there are too many options out there. Thought about the day before and I said, wow, that's so true with ordering food delivery to your house. Um, we waited 30 minutes to eat for like two. So I decided to make the choice for consumers who are ordering food as simple and quick as possible. So the only choice that consumers had to make was meal or no meal. And then I made the food in Chicago and I delivered it around to people who ordered it. That was number one. And then company two got built up off of that company. I gave this treat called Mondel bread. So it's like a Jewish cookie dessert that my mom definitely specializes in. Uh, and I called them Mondels because it's her recipe and the M and the S were capitalized. And I did a small profit share with the MS Society. And that was also while I was doing my master's program. And then when I was a junior in my undergrad, I started an organization called They Forget We Remember, which was an Alzheimer's awareness group because when my grandfather passed away the end of my sophomore year, I basically said at his, at his funeral that I would do something no matter what it was at Northwestern in order to honor his legacy. And that's what I came up with. It was this platform for awareness and fundraising and volunteering support and education for the undergraduate Alzheimer's community at Northwestern. So it doesn't even matter what those three things were. I'd say the last message I would like to share is this. It's that I did those three things because I was so much less afraid to do them than I was to think about years down the future and think what if I would have done them, right? So my big phrase is that I fear the what if more than I actually fear the what. So for anybody else listening out there who has an idea, you know, my number one piece of advice has always been to, to just start doing it, create that minimum viable product, test it out, write that book, write an article, um, have that conversation and just, just go for it. Oh my goodness. You're just our people, Jordan. <laughs> I hope so. People are going to just love um, love this episode, and I know that they're going to be passing it around and, and sharing it. And for you as a three-time founder, I call myself a triple crown entrepreneur. Mm. So I have in that yeah. spectrum of um, amazing to help a startup company, and then I was able to help rebrand another company, and then I launched awesome. my own company. And so yes. that's what that's why I can call myself a, a triple crown entrepreneur and it kind that's of great to our whole maverick um, positioning of running our race. Yeah. Ass to the leg. I love that. All that right, my so friend, good. this is absolutely amazing. Okay. So where can we find you? What's your website? What's your social media? How can we connect? <laughs> yeah. So in accordance with that business strategy choice paralysis conversation I had during my master's program that day, I want to keep it really simple. So just two spots. One is Jordan Gross on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. And two is journeytocloud9.com. That's all spelled out, journey, T-O, cloud, N-I-N-E.com. And you can find out so much more about the book, all these interviews that I do. Um, and if you put your email in there, then every Tuesday and Thursday, I send you what I call a cloud nine moment, which is somebody who is telling me a story of literally the happiest that they've ever felt in their lives. Um, so it's just about spreading that positivity and, and being a part of that movement. So journey to cloud9.com and connect on LinkedIn. Jordan, you are amazing. I mean, you, oh, your 24 you so years have, I mean, you, I can just tell um, you've already made a, a big impact in this world and I can't mm. wait to see what's yet to come for you. So you've got definitely a very bright journey ahead of you. So 
Thank you thank so you. much, Marla. Thank you for thank being you. on this. This was amazing. Thank you. I'm so grateful for, for uh, you giving me the opportunity to have this chat. I really, really am so appreciative. Absolutely. Okay. So to, for, to find more about Jordan Gross, you can visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can connect to Jordan's circle of influence, connect to Jordan's resources and purchase his books. And um, we just want to invite you to share this podcast with others. And we thank you in advance for your partnership. So if you enjoyed this episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway on our Performing Get Paid community Facebook page, where we'll engage and respond to your questions. Thanks again, Jordan. And this is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance in sales. To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit marlohiggins.com and click on the Work With Me tab to schedule a call. Did you like this podcast? If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to gain clarity and remove self-doubt, plus some personal insights from me that I only share in email, get yourself over to marlohiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe, leave a review and tell all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.